really good to see you. Um, like we said earlier, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, beautiful weekend, and you are at church, so way to go. I'm really excited to be here to see you. All the places you could be, you chose this. It's a great choice that you've made. Um, if you're newer here at Christ Community, I would invite you to let us know that you're around um, if you haven't done so yet. You can do that a couple of ways. There's a QR code on the front of the seat you're sitting in. For those of you who are here in the room, you can just scan that with your phone. Or those of you who are here in person, you could walk out to the welcome desk when we're done and let us know that way. And those of you who are online, I mean, you can hit the connect button and that'll take you to our digital connect card. But we'd love to know that you're part of this and worshiping with us. And uh, if there's any way we could help you, any questions we could answer for you, any way we could serve you, that's really the point of all this. And so I'd um, love to know that you're here and that you're part of this. So um, I'm really excited for this weekend, a couple of reasons. One of, one of the reasons, it's a big weekend at the Holden House um, because Marie got a new phone. Um, her old phone, like she was fine with it, but it, the battery lasted maybe half a day. Um, it would freeze up on her and she would have to turn it off and turn it back on to get unfrozen. And um, you know, I would call and I'd just get slapped straight to voicemail thinking there was something wrong with me. Um, but her, like, for whatever reason, her phone was just kicking people to voicemail. It was just, just kind of a mess. It was time for a new phone. And again, she was fine with it, but I was not. And so um, I made some moves, and now she has the latest and almost greatest phone out there. And uh, I'm really excited, not just for her, but for us, because like, I really think this is gonna enrich our marriage, because it's gonna help our communication. <laughs> so kind of along that line, with her old phone, I just I wanna show you one little text exchange that we had. I was on a trip a while back, and again, this is on her old phone. And so you can see me there in blue, and um, I, I text like an old guy, so hey with the three dots. So like that's just, I'm pausing, hey, pause, like getting your attention, and then I, I was on a trip and I found this great watch, found a great watch for 1,500 bucks, what do you think? And, and she, because Marie's cool in how she, like she texts like the, like the young, like the kids do, right? No capital letters, no, or excuse me, no punctuation. Her answer was no price too high. <laughs> now, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> right, because like she could be saying, baby, you are worth whatever you think you're worth by the watch. Or there might need to be a comma after the word no that says don't do that. So I've been married 32 years. I took a guess and I'm not wearing the watch. <laughs> Hopefully with the new phone, things will get a little better for us. No, I'm just kidding, you know, you know I'm just kidding about the idea of a new phone being able to help anybody's communication in any relationship. We say, one of the things that we say frequently is how much technology has helped our ability to communicate with each other. It's not all the way true. Because what technology has done is technology helps us be in contact with each other to stay connected to each other more and more frequently. But if we're gonna have like healthy communication, good communication, better communication, like that's not, that's not on technology, that's on us. And, and so what I wanna talk with you about today, this weekend, I wanna talk with you about how you and I can improve in our technology. We're in this series we've called Healthy Habits. And last week we talked about how you and I could have a, the healthy habit of taking care of our soul. And this week I wanna talk with you about the healthy habit of communication. And I just, as I start into this, healthy communication is a constant challenge 
and it is a constant opportunity in every relationship that you and I have, right? This is, this is something that is, that is for every one of us and for every relationship that we have. We always run into this. You and I have the opportunity, what we know is, is good communication, healthy communication breathes life into every relationship. If you're married, breathes life into your married relationship. If you have a roommate, it breathes life into, if you're at work, in the office, a healthy communication at every place breathes life into those relationships and unhealthy, bad communication, just it sucks the wind right out of them. And so this is an important conversation for us as we think about what does it look like, especially from God's perspective, to have healthy relationships and healthy communication really being a, a core piece of all of that. And so what I'd like to do today, I just wanna start and cast a little vision for you about what maybe your relationships could look like if, health, if communication was healthier, better in those relationships. And then I wanna walk you through a few things from the Bible that, that show you maybe at least get you started towards being able to enjoy and experience that. So healthy relationships, as we think about that, the healthiest relationship in human history was the first relationship that was between the first two people, Adam and Eve, is husband and wife. God created Adam, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter two, and after he created Adam, he took Eve from one of his ribs and introduced Eve to Adam and performed the first marriage ceremony and, and blessed them and blessed that relationship and, and where that whole, like that first conversation that God has in the description of that first marriage relationship when it describes Adam and Eve and how they got to live, it says that of them that they were, they were naked and unashamed. And it was talking, of course, about like their physical condition, but more than that, it was talking about the emotional part of their, of their life together, their relationship, where there was, there was nothing in between them, there was nothing in their way, and, and they had the opportunity to, to live in, in open, unhindered, communication, and so I wanna give you four words that, that I think describe the healthiest relationships. They start with that first one and filter down for us. The words are authentic, vulnerable, transparent, and safe. Right? So think about those words, authentic. In, in a healthy relationship, the people who participate get to be themselves. Right? They get to be the real, I get to be the real me. I don't have to, I don't have to put on any masks, I don't have to pretend to be someone or something else, like I, get, I just get to bring who I am to that relationship and, and can fully engage with who I really am. And then that next word, transparent, I get to be honest, like all the way honest about what I think, about how I feel. I don't have to, I don't have to be political, not in the politics sense of things, but I don't have to, I don't have to read the wind to see what's safe to, to say or be or feel or think or, or to express and that, so transparent. And then I get to be vulnerable and I get, to let my, I get to let my weaknesses show. And can you imagine being in a relationship where you could let your weaknesses show and you know none of us can help it, but we spend most of our time trying to cover up those weaknesses, which makes that last word there on the screen really important, they're safe. They're safe. Most of us don't know what this is like, frankly, we have, we have very few relationships where we actually get to be safe. We're always having to, we're always having to pay attention to, to the safety factor in those relationships and can I be authentic, can I be vulnerable, can I be transparent 
am I safe in this room? Because what safety means is I get to be those first three things and there's no price tag for that. And, and most of us never experience relationship where there's no price tag for coming with my true self where I can really express what I'm thinking and feeling and, and where I don't have to worry about shame or guilt or condemnation or something I say being used against me at a later date. We, we don't experience that very often. And so the human race, I mean, we went from this, we went from this, like our first parents living in a relationship that was accurately described as, as naked and not ashamed. They were authentic, vulnerable, transparent, and they were, they were safe with each other in every way. We went from that to what you and I live in and what you and I experience when, when we go home and when we go to work and when we go home, home for holidays. Like we, we, experience, like we went from, what happened? How did, we, how did we get from safe to where we live today? Like the one word answer in all of that is sin. When Adam and Eve made that choice to eat the forbidden fruit, like everything changed. Everything changed. Everything changed in their relationship with God. Everything changed in their relationship with each other. Everything changed in their relationship with the created world. Like everything changed. That was, that was a defining moment in the history of humankind when they chose to walk away from, when they chose to walk away from God and what he had called them to and what he was offering to them and to take the things for themselves. And, and that relationship went from, it, it almost immediately went from naked and unashamed to pointing their fingers at each other, blaming each other, and putting distance between each other. If you know the story from the early part of the Bible, the next thing that happened after they ate that forbidden fruit is they went and they made covering for themselves out of fig leaves. And so, so they did the best they could to cover themselves, but the very first thing they did after they engaged in this disobedience to God was they began putting on layers to protect themselves from one another. And that's really the kind of world that you and I live in where we have to have layers between ourselves and between other people because most of our relationships aren't very safe. And so we don't have the opportunity to be open and vulnerable with one another. But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way in your home. It doesn't have to be that way in your circle of your closest friends. It doesn't have to be like that. And really, I would say it shouldn't be that way in our closest relationships. It, it should be our closest relationships what God wants for you, what God offers to you, the path that he has for you to be able to walk is to be able to live in and enjoy these authentic, vulnerable, transparent, and safe relationships. And so for the rest of our time together, really what I'd like to do is give you some principles from the Bible that will help us enjoy better, healthier communication so that we can have better and healthier relationships. So Bernard Shaw, he made this statement I don't think much of what I'm gonna say to you, you're gonna go, oh, I've never heard anything like this before. This is great reminder stuff, but like Bernard Shaw, he starts this, so I just wanna start this statement with him. He says, the single biggest problem in communication is assuming that it has taken place. And I think he's right, right? That, that somehow we think that we're communicating or that we are safe, but somebody else is, that's the single biggest problem is recognizing that like there's way more to this than any of us are thinking or feeling at any moment, and so, as we talk about these relational principles, I'd encourage you to hang on to them. So the first one, this first for healthy communication, first of all, listen. 
And you, the communication is safe relationship. First, the first thing is to listen. Uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 13, to answer before listening. That is folly and shame. Those are, those are strong words. And so the goal, like the first goal of, of communication anyway is understanding. And you know, counselors teach this as conflict skill, but really it's important to any relationship, the ability to listen and to ask questions so that we are able to understand. So you've heard the term um, monologue before. In the theater, the performing arts, there's another term, it's called a duologue. And, and what a duologue is, is it from the outside, like from the person sitting in the audience, it, it looks everything like a dialogue, where two people are actually in conversation, communication with each other, but what the duologue is, it's really people acting out a dialogue, but lines, and so what you have is you have one person who is speaking, and then the other person who is looking at them and giving all the social cues of listening. Mm-hmm, yeah, yes, mm-hmm. And what's really going on in the mind of the person who is giving all the social cues of listening is they're waiting for the other person's words to stop so they can say what's in their script. And it would be awesome if that only happens in theater, because like in the theater, that's a great thing. But how many times have you participated in what should be a dialogue, but is really a duologue because you or someone else, you're just waiting for them to take a breath so you can launch in with the thing that you wanna say. Those, that's a destructive habit in our relationships. Again, to go back to this statement from the Proverbs, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. The goal of communication is understanding, and, and it's that feeling, it's that feeling of, of being understood. Right, that brings safety to a relationship. It's that, it's that feeling that the other person, it's knowing by the way they communicate with you, knowing that they care about what's in your heart and in your mind, and you're drawing that out of them by listening to them. And, and communication doesn't become, a conversation doesn't become an, an opportunity for, for you to speak to me and then me to speak to you, but really it becomes an opportunity for us to to hear from one another what it is on our heart and what it is on our mind, and it's that listening attitude, that listening spirit that, that brings us to a feeling of safety. So healthy communication, first principle is listen. First of all, listen. Here's the second thing to keep in mind, you know this, but I'm gonna say it to you again. Your words are powerful. Your words are powerful, and I wanna, I wanna emphasize, I love that Proverbs 18, 21 verse, the tongue has the power of life and death. So your words are powerful. Now, I emphasize that statement, your, your, or that word, your, your words are powerful because in our culture today, there's this feeling that only the people who are at the top of an org chart or are the biggest or the strongest or have the greatest social media influence, like only their words matter. But the truth of the matter is, Everybody's words have power. Your words have the power of life and death. And we experience that in our homes, we experience that in our workplaces. In the home, those of you who are parents, you can say yes to this, your kids have the ability to hurt your heart. They're, these, they're, they're little and they don't even know all the things they're saying. And they say some stuff and 
they can hurt your heart or they can fill it, right? And so as, as moms and dads, we know that our words can hurt or help them, but we also know, like, so it doesn't matter where you think you fit in the grand scheme of the power influence in the relationships, your words have power. The people who are in the bottom or the middle of the org chart, like they can hurt the people, they can hurt the people who are at the top. And, and the people who are in the bottom or the middle, wherever you see yourself in the pecking order of any relationship, like your words have power. The tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. And I think that little last phrase there, will eat its fruit, is a really important one too. Your words have the power of life and death and the way you use them in a relationship will, will push that relationship in whichever direction. Your words wanna push it, but you get to experience the fallout of all that. And whether that fallout is the death of a relationship or one that, that flourishes because you've chosen to use words in a way that, use, that gives life. And so the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. Think back to that little rhyme that when we were kids, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You remember that one? I don't think we say that anymore. We figured it out. Um, I've had things said to me and so have you. I would have way rather you just hit me with a stick, right? Throwing a rock at me, something like that. Our words have the ability to, to hurt people and so the tongue has the power of life and it also has the power of death and those who love it will eat its fruit. So that next verse, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Your words, again, have powerful impact on other people. Harsh, reckless words cause pain. I, that image to me is just, they pierce, they pierce like a sword. And, and as soon as words like that are spoken in a relationship, people put on the armor. Like it's, it's, not just a, it's not just a fig leaf anymore trying to create a little bit of separation like people put on the armor in those relationships. And if you're in a relationship where, where harsh, reckless words are being spoken, you know this, right? You know that as soon as you see that person coming or as soon as you're walking into a space where they are, you are, you are armoring up because of the piercing words that are coming. And these, so these harsh it, I, to me, that's just the, the mental image of, can you just picture, if you're married and your family, you have kids, or with your roommate, or in your office, like people just, they're clanking around in emotional armor because of the, the harsh and reckless words that are, that are being cast around in, in the context of those relationships. The words of the reckless pierce like sword, but there's always the backside to these things, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The tongue of the wise brings healing. Can I just tell you this? Every person you encounter today, every person you encounter tomorrow, every person you encounter through the week, every person you encounter has wounds from somebody else's reckless words. And you have the opportunity to bring healing, to speak healing into that situation, into that person's life. And so the words of the reckless, they pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing and because we're all prone to reckless words, like we, this is true about all of us, we're prone to reckless words, living in close contact with other people, always 
rubs us wrong at some point, brings out the worst of us in the context of our relationship. We have to remember a couple things. You, you probably heard this from a grown up in your life before. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, right? That's truth straight from the Bible. Let me show you these verses. There are three verses here I wanna show you. Sin is not ended by multiplying words. If something's going the wrong way, more words don't help. Sin's not ended by multiplying words. The prudent hold their tongue. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Proverbs chapter 11, verse two. Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense. Again, we're talking about reckless words, pierce like a sword. But the one who has understanding holds their tongue. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent, discerning if they hold their tongues. It, just, it helps in every way. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And some of us in the room, like we have a really, we have a really hard time with this because you know, maybe you're quick-witted and something pops up and you just you have something really good to say about it. Not helpful, but funny. Maybe, maybe sarcasm is, you would say sarcasm is your love language. We, some of us, like, it's all we can do. To, to, some of you are getting elbowed right now. Like, this is fun to see from up here. <laughs> and some of you are, are hearing this, you're, like, some of you are hearing this and saying, yeah, I am, I'm pretty quick with my tongue and my tongue can be pretty sharp sometimes. So I'm just gonna remind you, your tongue can be like a reckless tongue. Pierces like a sword. You might think it's funny and it might be funny to some people around you, but it's probably not funny to everybody that's in that situation. Some of you are hearing this, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, and you're thinking, yes, because it's not your tendency to say something, it's your tendency to say nothing. Right, when we get into, get into difficult situations, we get into conflict, um, there, are really, there are really four ways that we run in all that. Um, some of us, some, you might have heard this before, um, some of us escalate it, like so when we're in a difficult situation and it's tense, we use our words to escalate the situation. We just, for whatever reason, we get the last word, we can make it boil over or whatever, so we, try, we tend to escalate things. Um, some of us start hearing some words, we tend to negatively interpret them. So we're like, we're gonna take that in the worst way it could possibly be taken, and, and we're gonna run with it from there, and so you know, negative interpretation, you begin to escalate on top of all of that. Some of us invalidate what other people are saying to us and they, you know, like, no, just dismiss it. And those dismissive words are those reckless and piercing words back. I got jabbed, so I'm jabbing you again. And some of us, our natural tendency when, when we need to say something, like when we've been living in close communication with somebody and it's all, it's all connected there, our tendency is to withdraw and to say nothing. And you love that statement. If I don't have anything nice to say, I'm not gonna say anything. Problem is, if by nature you withdraw from all that stuff, you, you know what you do. You keep, you keep backing up until like you finally hit your boiling point and then you come out and boil over all over everybody and nothing good happens in that relationship either. And so if, if you're a person who is, if you're a person whose natural tendency is to withdraw from communicating in a relationship, then what I would say to you is if you don't have anything nice to say, you gotta figure out a nice way to say it, right? Like he, you, ha, you, have to, you have to communicate, you've gotta find a nice way to say it. So to help us with that, a couple of tips, really for all of us on that, um, I think of two words that go together. The first are tact and timing. So to, to develop some tact, 
Um, I love this verse from Proverbs chapter 25, verse 11. Like apples of gold in settings of silver is a ruling rightly given. That is a strange image to 21st century North American people. I don't know any apples of gold. Just think of something that is beautiful and that is valuable. All right, so just like a big chunk of gold set in a really nice thing of silver. And that's what it's like when we speak words at the appropriate time in the appropriate way. Tact and timing go together. So this tact thing, um, the British people are known for their tact. I read a while back about a British supervisor who was needing to fire one of her employees. And so she called him in on a Friday afternoon and she said, Mr. Smith, I don't know how we're gonna get along without you, but starting Monday morning, we're gonna try. It's just <laughs> so tactful, right? So figuring out how to say something and bring that right to the conversation and to say it at the right time in a relationship. Timing is, timing is so important. I learned this, <laughs> I mess this up so often, but one of, my, like one of those glaring moments that you have in your life where you just did it, you did it so wrong, you never forget and it becomes a learning thing. That happened for me about a decade ago. I was, um, I was coaching a high school boys church league basketball. So I mean like really important stuff, right? I mean it was important to the kids and it was important to us, but it, like in the grand scheme of life, it was, we were there to have fun, help kids, you know, engage our community, cause of Jesus, that kind of stuff. So I'm coaching this team. The only people who came really were like the guys that were on the team and their buddies from school and, and their girlfriends. And that was, that was all that was in the gym. And one of these guys on my team, so he, he took this long three-point shot. And then he kind of did the, like the, you know, kind of fading back a little bit, like he thought he made it. And he missed, and he missed long. Like it was, he missed, he hit the back of the rim hard, and it kicked out, and the rebound was a long rebound, and they got it. And he's just kind of jogging back the court, and the other team, the other team, easy layup on us. So he's standing in midcourt, and I'm on the sideline, and I said, hey, and he looked over at me, I said his name, I, and he looked over at me and I said, either follow your shot or get back and play defense. And he said, what? <laughs> and I said it again louder so that everybody heard. Either follow your shot or get back and play defense. And the whole gym just kinda went, cause like, these kids, are the, he's just a kid. And, it was absolutely the right coaching. Those of you who know anything about the sport, like it was absolutely the right coaching, so badly timed for, for him and for me. Like I had, to, I had to do repair work in that relationship because of, that one, because of the bad timing of, of that. And so tact and timing are really important in our communication and we, do, we, we need to pay attention to these things all the time. You know, if you've got to have a hard conversation with somebody, like probably when they're walking right out of something stressful, is it not the best time to do it? Be paying attention to the timing, the emotion, the situation. And then the other little phrase there I've given you is just truth wrapped in love. Because we do have to have hard conversations with each other, right? We do, we do have to engage with one another in, in ways that are, that are important. I mean, married people have to talk about hard things in their own life, in their own relationship about stuff that's going on. We have, to, we have to talk with our kids. Our kids have to talk with us about stuff. Your roommate we, at work, we have, to have, we have to have difficult conversations at work for the well-being of our workplaces. Like, like we, have to, we have to do this, but that truth would be wrapped in love. And I really appreciate this, 
verse from Ephesians chapter four, verse 15, instead of the other ways, speaking the truth in love, will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And speaking particularly to a church, but that flows out into our individual relationships. When we speak to one another, it's really important that we, that we wrap the truth in love. We don't leave the truth behind, and, and we don't, like, I'm speaking the truth because I love you and hammer somebody with truth in some guy's love, but like, we wrap the truth in love so that, so that we can grow into maturity. And I think that's really important to recognize in there that we get to, that truth wrapped in love, we grow into maturity. And that, that can mean a lot of things, but what it would mean in your relationships, what it would mean in your relationships is that as your relationships grow into maturity, they are, they are places where people can be authentic and transparent and vulnerable and safe. That, that, would be, that would be what a mature relationship looks like. And so we have, we have this awesome opportunity to speak truth wrapped in love so that we can grow into everything that God wants for us in each of these relationships that you and I experience. And so just gonna wrap all this back up. If we think about health and growth and communication, our relationships, this might be the most important thing. The Bible speaks to people who are in relationships how we relate to each other. Ephesians chapter four, verse 32, just a few verses down from that one I just read. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And what I'm grateful for, is we talk about this stuff, relationships, and, and the difficulty of our words and how we, how we use them. You're gonna fail, I'm gonna fail, people you're in relationship with are gonna fail, like we're gonna, we're gonna all fail each other. And, and we get this amazing opportunity that, like, that God goes first in all this. He's kind and compassionate to us. And instead of, like when he looked at our first, when our first parents, when they walked away from him and, and began to put up all the barriers, not just in their relationship with each other, but also in their relationship with him. When they, when they put all those barriers in place, instead of looking at them and God just saying, hey, all right, see y'all later, like he moved towards them. And he was kind and he was compassionate and he moved towards them and, and that played out over time moving towards you and me too in Jesus. So in his kindness and in his compassion towards us, he doesn't leave us just to go our own way and get the best that we can get. He moves towards us in Jesus and Jesus gave his life so that you and I could live. And so be kind and compassionate to one another and this, this beauty of forgiveness, that we would forgive each other. And, and the opportunity to forgive somebody else really flows from the truth that you and I can be forgiven. That we, that we, get, to be, we get to be forgiven by God through Jesus and then we have forgiveness to extend to one another and because God has wrapped his truth in love for us, you and I get to live in in the truth and the love that he expresses to us through Jesus. And so your hope, my hope for being in healthy relationships, for being in mature relationships that are transparent, that are authentic, that are vulnerable, that are safe, our hope in those relationships is what God has done for us through Jesus and saying yes to what he's giving to us. So then we have the opportunity to extend that to the people who are around us. That's what we hope for one another, that's what we desire for one another is that God's kind of love would permeate our relationships so we could be safe. So I'd like to pray that for you. Would you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me?
Father, thank you for your love for us. And we're asking that your kind of love flows into our lives, but also flows through our lives, through Jesus. Thank you that we are not stuck and doomed in relationships that are, that are emotionally, spiritually, physically unsafe, but that you would, you would bring your kind of life and your kind of hope and your kind of peace into us and into our relationships, and we're saying yes to that. So I'm asking that, that we would be people who know your love, who know your truth, who know your kindness, your compassion, and your forgiveness so that we can be that in the relationships that we experience. And Jesus, again, we have these great opportunities because you have moved towards us. You've gone first, and so we say yes. As you come towards us, we say yes to you so that we can say yes to the people who are around us. So thank you, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. So thanks for being here today. It's been great to be with you. If you, if you need somebody to pray with you, and it doesn't have to be about anything we talked about today, just if you need somebody to pray with you about something that's going on in your life, there'll be people on our prayer team who are down here at the front, or you can click the prayer button, those of you who are online. So again, thanks for being here. God bless you guys. I love you. I'll see you next weekend.